All right. So today we get a word from my husband, Joe Dunn. So uh, come on, babe, and bring what you got. You have your own mic. Yeah. Okay. That explains that. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll take this I'm down, done. Just in case. But also D-O-N-E. If you know my last name, you'll know that's funny. Yeah. Because my last name's Dunn. Put him. I got it. How's everybody doing? Great. How are you? I, I, I could lie and say I'm, I'm doing good, but I, I, I'm going through a lot. But in vulnerability, just to let you guys know. It's, it's been tough for me, you know, but I'm just glad the love that you guys have shown me and just continue to show me. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> no, I, but on all serious, you guys... This show me so much kindness and grace in my weakness, in my failures, in my disappointments. You continuously send love my, in my direction and lift me up. And on the days where I just don't think I can go on, I, I, I feel and receive it. And it's huge. But anyway, here's a little joke for you guys. <laughs> so... So I, I didn't know what I was going to talk about yesterday. Pastor Robert called me up and he told me, um, do you got a word on your heart or anything, you know, that you can share because uh, of the circumstances going on? I was like, mm. and in the time I was kind of like, in my, in my mind, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't, but you know what? God pushed me forward and said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have something. Um, and I was going in a different direction, but he just totally just said, no, you're, I'm going to create something new for you. And I had some stuff that I had uh, written before that was really solid stuff. But he said, no, you know, that stuff is good. But what I'm going to give you today is, you know, not just going to impact you, but hopefully uh, impact the hearts of the people here. And then give them some encouragement in dealing, in dealing with, I'm going to be talking about today, is disappointment. So the joke is, goes like this. And you might find it funny, you might not. <laughs> I told her yesterday, and she was just like, yeah. So, uh, okay, <laughs> it says a husband, <laughs> a husband got into uh, big trouble after his wedding anniversary. His wife told him the day before, tomorrow there better be something in the driveway for me that goes from zero to 202 seconds. The next morning, the wife went outside and found a small box in the driveway. She opened it and found a bathroom scale. <laughs> after, after the service, there's going to be a Joe Pinata. If you ladies want to come out and hit me, I, I, I totally understand. But I thought it was, I, I read it and I thought it was funny. <laughs> but it says, although uh, all throughout life, you know, we deal with some type of disappointment, whether it's disappointment from our job, family, or friends, but it's inevitable that disappointment is going to come. But it's about how do we deal with disappointment? Do we allow it to uh, overtake our lives and say, you know, because this certain thing didn't happen the way that I wanted to. Am I going to continue to move forward and try to be successful, or am I going to give up and say, I, I might as well just walk away from this 
and not even try. And there's there's many times I remember like, uh, for example, uh, I remember when I and I was still at Teen Challenge and I was looking to go to uh, transition to another job. And, you know, I got really excited because it was something along the lines of what I like to do. And it was like helping people. So I I went to be a care tech at uh, Sun Behavioral Health, you know, and I went through the whole process of the interview the and, and whatever came to it. And I was so confident and I felt so good about it because I had the experience that was needed. But I got the call and I wasn't selected. And I felt this, and I felt this anger, and I felt this, this sadness, and I was like confused, and it just like it felt like this, this wave or hurricane came rushing in of disappointment. Like, but why? Like everything seemed like it, it, it was lining up. Everything seemed like the, you know, the doors were there. The, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I nailed the interview. I, I did this and I did that, and I was so mad. I was like, you know, it's like. I was mad at myself. I was like, yo, maybe it's just because, you know, my the mistakes I made in the past, he, they didn't want somebody like that. And I was, like, starting to doubt myself, saying, like, am I even qualified to do something like this? And it wasn't until I received some real, uh, a really valuable word of encouragement. Um, and it goes like this. It's like, when an oak tree falls in the woods, most, most of the time, people just focus on the oak tree. But the... But the person told me, it's like, when that oak tree falls, there's hundreds more acorns that are planted. And I had to stop and think. And it was like, and maybe I didn't want to hear it at that time, but it's something that always resonated uh, from that moment up until now. And I, even when I think about disappointment and I think about closed doors, I think about the things that God is doing without me even seeing. And it's like, when I think about those acorns, it, it's a process for them to grow. And it's like, you know, I can sit around and, and, and mope and say, like, you know, oh, man, this, this beautiful tree is gone. God's saying, I have so many doors that I'm opening up for you that's leading you to the path that I had called you to. But to understand more about disappointment, what we got to understand what, the, you know, the definition is. And the definition is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. And somebody that is in scripture that had dealt with um, broken expectations, uh, broken hope, sadness, confusion, that big disappointment was Moses. And Moses was, um, one of the things that Moses was most disappointed about was when he... Let me, let me try to get my thoughts together real quick. Moses had two reasons to be disappointed. First, he was disappointed in people because the expectations that his people would understand that he wanted to do uh, what he wanted to do for them and would accept him were not fulfilled. And that's because when, when he went to stood, uh, stand up uh, for a slave and he ended up killing the guard, he thought his people, you know, would congratulate him. He thought his people would... Uh, you know, raise him up and say, yes, this is our savior. He, he did this for us, but instead they shunned him. And it was a big disappointment that he probably felt inside. Like, you know, I want to do something for my people. I want to show my people that I'm there for them. And I want uh, I want to bring them to a place to where they can trust me. But in the same sense, it came back null and void. It came back opposite of what he had thought. The second was he was uh, disappointed in his circumstance. After years of privilege and education in Egypt, 
he certainly never uh, never dreamed that he would spend the rest of his uh, life tending sheep in the desert. It's like, what a discouraging, you know, discouraging future. We also look at him, he's like, he was also imperfect. He is flawed as a leader, as a man. He knows disappointments and failures and loss of respect. He feels discomfort and uncertainty in leading his people in the desert for 40 years. And every step of the way, they were critical and ungrateful. Imagine leading people from a place of captivity and saying, like, oh, I've done so much. Like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, like, I'm following what God's doing for me. And we're getting there. We're getting to the promised land. But it's like everybody behind you is, like, looking back saying, man, we had, we had calves. We had, we had meat back there. We're here sitting here eating this, uh, this man or whatever it is. We're sitting here, you know, having all this stuff. And it's like, man, I want to go back there and be able to just, you know, live the, live the so-called lavish life. But now we're just wandering around the desert. <laughs> and... To stop and think, like I put, try to put my mind, like how Moses felt. Like you could, like I can understand the disappointment that he felt. He's like, uh, my heart was, like he was probably like my heart was in the right place, and my heart is in the right place. I want to do for my people and bring them to a place of freedom, of understanding that it's not you know having to, to live in this place of captivity and slavery. Even though there was some mild luxuries, which are, you know, what they don't see is the bigger picture of where God's leading them into. And it's like the, dis- the disappointment that come from is like, you know, the expectation that he put on those people. The expectation where he thought is like, you know, they should have the same mindset as me. They should be able to think that if we continue to walk, we're going to get to where we need to go. And it's going to be 10 times better than where we were. And it's like, I would be disappointed too because like, I, and I, I get disappointed when I, I, I think about, about my level of faith sometimes and I look at others, like, this is, especially in the realm of addiction. It's like, man, I, in my aspects, I will never go back to that. And in my mind, there's like no way I'll ever get back to that. And then I get disappointed. It's like, how, can you, how can't you see that this is not the life to live? It's like, how do you see there's something to go back to in that life? Like when... when the one thing that God blessed me with is, is the ability to look back and say, I have nothing to go back to. And even when I was sitting there, he was showing me these times where I, I was in complete despair, where I was in these places of loss and, and not knowing what to do. And it was funny, it was like, he, like I would look back and he took that old person away. And like when I look back, I don't see myself there anymore. It's empty. Like when I, that, that bench that I slept on before, that bench is not occupied by that man that's standing here today. That's empty. Nobody's there. Amen. There's places that where, where maybe in and out of prison, that cell that I might have seen myself in is empty because I'm not there. And I remember that, and it's like, I, I can't be disappointed at these people for their journey because of where I'm at. And so I understand I got to love them where they're at yeah. and understand it's like, okay, I, don't, I, I can't have disappointment and anger towards them, even the people out there if they cut me off on the road. Like, I'm disappointed in this person because why aren't, they, why aren't they more vigilant in caring for other people? But my expectation is, like, they should, they should drive the way I want them to. They should act the way that I want them to. And, like, when I get disappointed, it makes me want to close off from them more. It makes me not say, like, I don't want to deal with people because they're always, they're always going to fail me. They're always, they're always going to be below what my expectations are. And that's not their problem. That's my problem. 
But it's like, how many of us, how many of us deal with that? It's like putting our expectations on other people, and then come when it comes back, uh, not how we expected to. We're disappointed. He said there was a family tension. He was not allowed into the promised land. My goodness, something that you were striving for, something that you you're going after. It, it could be like. And even saying, I guess in the business realm, like if you have a partner, but someone's not on the same page, you and it all becomes, you know, it all falls apart. There's a disappointment towards that person because like you're saying, like for me, it's like, where's that level of motivation that you had? Where's that level of motivation that I, I, I'm pouring for? It's like, why can't you just take what I have and use that? It's like, how did he deal with these setbacks? These are, uh, these are discussed by Rabbi Harold uh, Kushner in his book, Overcoming Life's Disappointments. He uses Moses as a case study in coping with the failure and unfulfilled dreams, which are part of all our lives. Resiliency is gained by possessing traits such as the fo uh, following. Wisdom and insight. To recognize that continuous happiness is not realistic. We should expect ups and downs. Yes, happiness is not, is not, it's a luxury. Happiness is, is definitely a luxury. And it's, and no, even in this time where I might not seem happy, there is joy, but I expect these ups and downs. But it's like when I have that wisdom to be able to understand when I get to that place where like I want to be happy, but I understand that I can't have it right now. It's okay because I understand God's joy is flowing through me. And even times like, you know, I, I work at, like working with at Fitzgerald's, you know, it's, it's crazy because I never see myself. Like I walk around and like I'm smiling, even though like I have this pain inside. It's like I'm able to use that wisdom and insight, and I'm I'm able to to tap into you know to that pool of joy and just pour that forth and say I can smile today. I can have joy today and say God, thank you. I can, I don't have to be disappointed in the circumstances where I'm at. I don't have to be disappointed because it's it's something. It's something that I'm hold. It's hard for me to let go. It's like I'm disappointed of how life's turned out in my aspect. It's not. I, I, in my mind, it's like it, it wasn't supposed to be like this. I wasn't supposed to lose who I was supposed to lose. I wasn't supposed to have this 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 mental disorder that I thought I had. I wasn't supposed to have this and this. And my expectations just overcrowd me to the point where it's like you know. I, I feel this sense of failure. Do I feel this sense of like, am I even worthy enough to be standing up here and speaking a message? And I and I'm so disappointed at like things that I do consistently. Like it can it, it, it rents a space in my head sometimes. And it's like, God, like I I feel like He's giving me this message, you know, not just you know for you guys, but for myself as well. And it's funny, it's like He always gives this stuff like when I'm in my raw, like the most raw moments. But I'm starting to understand it's like I don't I don't have to have happiness to be okay. Number two is perseverance and persistence. Moses approached Pharaoh ten times, repeating, Let my people go. He didn't give up. Even at the first time, he was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. It's like I, I thought I would just go in there and he would, you know, grant my wish. But no, he said each time. He probably felt disappointed, but he's like, 
And he even went, he's like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He's like, he's not, he's not listening. He's like, well, we're going to send this, but I want you to go back and say it again. And Moses, I, I could see Moses probably kicking and screaming away, but it's like, but he's just hard-headed. He doesn't want to listen. His heart, his heart is hardened. Why do you keep sending me to someone whose heart is hardened? It's like, I'm just going to keep coming back to you, just feeling like I've let you down. And I don't want to let you down, Father. But he's like, no, keep going back. Keep telling him to let the people go. Resilience is number three. The concept that is not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up. Mm. I think one of the traits, and I'm, I don't like bragging myself, but resilience has been something that, and perseverance has been something that I think God has blessed me with. Because there's, there's many times where I felt like I fall. Oh, Pastor Robert. Should I answer? Sorry, guys. Let me call him. <laughs> Pastor Robert. Yeah, you call him. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but there's times where I wanted to give up. And it's like, even like I remember when I was, uh, was going through the program team challenge, like I, I had these times where it's like, you know, this stuff is getting like way too hard. The stuff that he's ripping out of me is getting to be way too much. And it's like, you know, it's like, I just want to, I just want to walk away from this and say like, you know, I'm okay with the change that I have now. But he, like every single time, it's funny, it's like God was, was telling me, he's like, I'm going to let you go and stew in this moment, but I'm going to let you get through this because you're going you're gonna to be stronger when you get through it. And I, like I, I listen to what God says and it's funny, it's funny how it works. Like the next day I'm like, oh, this thing wasn't so bad. And, I, and then I see, like, I see the change that comes from us. Like, and then he, he, he reminds me, he's like, stop and think of the man that you were. Stop and think how, how, like, what, you, what you've done then, but now that, like, you're not that person anymore. And like, I can look back and see the change in my life and, and understand it's like, there's a whole new, I guess, a whole new view, a whole new perspective that I got for myself. And even in the moments where I felt disappointed, like I wasn't growing, he showed me where the roots were tapped into the soil and it was sucking the nutrients up and it was growing little by little. And I, was, and I had to stop and I was like, okay, I don't have to be disappointed because I am changed. I'm not, the, I'm not the man that I was yesterday. And I'm definitely not going to, tomorrow I'm not going to be the man that I am today because I'm going to become better and better. And he said, as long as I tap into him and understand where my, uh, my nutrients are coming from, then I'll be okay. Number four is forgiveness. When people let us down, when people don't live up to our expectations, for me, I can hold bitterness. Like for my father, he, 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 he disappointed me so many times in my life, and it was so hard for the longest time to, disappoint, uh, to, to forgive him for all that disappointment. For all that stuff that was built up, it was stacked high as a mountain. And my anger was, and this is, this is the stuff that I would, like, I would say, is like, if I seen him in person, I'd probably punch him in the face. Not going to lie. It's like, I was so angry. And it's like, I could not, even like, in, even as a cr new Christian, when I, like, when I first actually, you know, got baptized in the Holy Spirit and stuff, it was still hard for me to forgive him. 
But it's like there was this time where God is like, you know, this is this is it. This is this is the time that I need you to actually say you forgive him. Not just say it, but to actually feel it within your heart. And as hard as it was, there was a weight that was lifted. The disappointment through all the years that had been created had been taken away. And I actually got to see him one time, maybe two years ago. And I wasn't going in with an expectation that he was going to let me down. I went in with a peace to get closure. And even though it was just one time from then, and I didn't feel like I did anything wrong for him not to want to see me again, I was okay with it. I haven't seen him since, and, you know, maybe he's living, he's living a good life. I have no hard feelings to him, you know. I know he has his issues, and, and that's what I come to understand. And it's like that forgiveness is even more so today because I understand him more. I understand his pain more. If he could have probably done it different, he probably would have. Number five, trust. Faith, uh, trust. Faith in the future. This too shall pass. And we hear that all the time. And maybe that's one of the biggest things I need to hear now. It will. And in the, especially in the disappointment of like, losing my friend and just being mad at everything. I understand there's just faith that it will get better. And as Pastor Robert tells me about his story, it's just, it, and just how the pain that he had to go through, it gives me hope that it's like on the other side. He tells me about that bend in the road, and I see that, and I look forward to that bend in the road, even though the pain is still ever so real, and it's going to be for a long time. I have faith, and I trust I can't be disappointed in myself and his grieving process because I think it should be faster than what it is. And he wants me to trust him and saying that I'm carrying you through this grieving process. But don't be disappointed at yourself at where you're at. Stop being mad at yourself. It's not your fault. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. If you got to cuss at somebody, cuss at me. I'm greater than that. I can take that. But you're going to get through this. Hold on. You got people here that love you and care about you. And we're going to continue to send them to you. You're not going to be alone in this. Number six is humility. It's being able to understand that. That I'm not alone. That I, can't, I don't have to do this by myself. That you don't have to do it by yourself. Pride is one of the biggest issues that I probably dealt with when it came to allowing people to help me. I wanted, I thought my shoulders could bear the weight of a thousand sons. But then when I walked into the room, my head was always down. Even now, it's like I still feel, feel the weight and the burden of like the stuff that's going on. And like it comes back to that posture. It's like I need to, I don't want to look, I don't want to fix my posture in a place of pride. But it's like I'm doing it in humility and saying, like, I'm going to humble myself in front of the Lord. I'm going to come boldly to him. Recognition of greater power and greater mission. None of us is God. It's not our job or responsibility to, uh, to run the world. 
And Moses realized that he was just one of God's many servants, as are all of us. And like I understand, it's like I can't heal alone. But the experience that you guys have, the things that you guys went through, and the stuff that you have you have you have taught me and continue to teach me is giving me, I guess, the tools to be able to deal with this. And it's the same, it's same for all of us. Like when we pour into each other, it gives us the tools to be able to deal and have humility and say, like, wow. Maybe I was going about this this wrong the whole time. Maybe it's like I, 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 maybe if I didn't hold on to this for such a long time, I mean, maybe I would be farther than what I was. And I'm not saying like that is a way to beat you down, but it's like when uh, I was talking to one the uh, one of the mentors over at Team Challenge, and he was telling me about how it took him ten years to be able to go through the grieving process. Because he just continued to hold it on, and he didn't understand why. He could, he 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 wanted to. He didn't want to burden people with the grieving process and the expectation that we should be uh, further along than we are. And it's like I get confused sometimes because I think like I don't want to make people look at me and say like, "Oh, why are you still grieving over this?" And like, and I and I get mad and I get mad at them people and hold a resentment towards them. It's like. Why? They don't think that. There's nothing, wrong. There's nothing wrong with me grieving. It's like, this is real pain. It's like, this is a real person. It's, it's going to take time. It's like someone losing, losing a, a family member. It's not easy. It's like, I, I would, but it's like, I, I myself, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. So number seven. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> thank you. Number seven, strong value systems. Keep priorities and di desires in check. For example, here's Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin, if you could have anything in the world right now, what would it be? Hobbes, hmm, a sandwich. Calvin said, a sandwich? What kind of stupid uh, wish is that? Talk about failure of imagination. I'd ask for a trillion billion dollars, my own space shuttle, and a private continent. Hobbes eating a sandwich. I got my wish. <laughs> I like that. I thought I was like that. I mean, that's that's good. But here's a couple of quotes, and this is this first one is it's by uh, Jody Picoult, and this one really really resonated with me. And it says, "Let me tell you this: if you met a lunar, no matter what they tell you, it's not because they enjoy solitude; it's because they have tried to blend into the world before, and people continue to disappoint them." Man, I, I stopped and had to think about that, and it's like I had to look in the past. I had to look back into my past and say, like, why did I really push people off? Was it, was it because oh I didn't trust them? No, it was dis It was the levels of disappointment that I continued to layer up, and it's like I enjoyed that solitude because once I, if I was alone. I didn't have to deal with people letting me down. I didn't have to deal with the uh, disappointment of somebody telling me something and not following through. It's like I could just disappoint myself. And trust me, I did that plenty of times. I didn't need people around me to help disappoint me. I was a master of it. <laughs> when you find your path, this is by uh, Paul. I don't know how to say that last name. So it's Paul C. Okay. When you find your path, you must, not, you must not be afraid. 
You need to have sufficient courage to make mistakes. Disappointment, defeat, and despair are the tools God uses to show us the way. Oof. I'll take that one in. That's a good one. And this goes into, uh, like, I, I had some scriptures that I wanted to share that I thought would, like, go right along with this. And this, is, um, this one's in John 14, and it's 1 through 3. Uh, verse 1 through 3, it says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, why would I have told you that I'm going, to, uh, going there and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to, uh, take you to be with me, that, you're also, that you also may be where I am. You ask, how does that tie into disappointment? But it comes to say, like, you know, don't you, I'm trying to, like, articulate this in a way that's, like, understanding, uh, understandable. But they were disappointed when, I, I could understand, like, how the disciples were disappointed when you heard Jesus was going away. And you were like, well, I thought you were going to save us. I thought you were going to do, you know, you know, conquer this nation. But the hope comes from him saying that he has not, he's not leaving them, that he is coming back for them, that there is a place that he has taken them into. And that gives me hope. And just in like the modern day saying like, you know, he's not leaving me or forsaking me now. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. And I'm not troubled that he did not leave me in this area of disappointment where I am in my life. Just like, in our, like if you're dealing with disappointment right now, he's not leaving you. He's, he's here for you. And it's not saying that he's coming back because he's, he's in the presence with you. And it's like one of like the things that um, I think it's so that we're asked, you know, you know, where's God in this? You know, and I and I think about that, and I like every time I go through something now, it's like I ask I ask him where he's at, and like I always see him. He's he's not far. He's usually right here. And it's like even in those times when I was a little kid, and I was scared. I would ask him, where are you? And he was there with me. He was protecting me. Even though it, it seemed like everything was collapsing. Even though I felt like I was alone. Like disappointed in my family because I didn't feel like they were there or cared about me. Jesus said, I still loved you. You might not have known me. I still loved you and cared for you. And like he showed me like right there, his hand upon me. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, or give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. It's that peace in those times of disappointment, just saying it's okay. It's okay to feel like that. It's okay to have disappointment in the time. And as we, we go back to that quote, it says, disappointment is way that God used to show us the way. It's like when I do get disappointment when things aren't, uh, going the way that I expect him to, he stops and shows me the bigger picture of what he's doing and how he's orchestrating things. Even like my disappointment right now where I'm looking at him and saying like, I don't know how you're going to use this, this passing as something that's going to propel me forward. It's like there's something I just can't see right now, but he's saying just continue to grasp hold. Continue to, continue to um, not be afraid or let your heart be troubled. Sink into that peace. He's like, I, I have this with you. I gave my peace to you. 
so that that disappointment won't overtake you. It won't overrule you because it's not your master. I, w- I want you guys to close your eyes for a minute. And this, uh, this scripture comes from 17, 7 through 8. And, I, and this is like, this is a very powerful imagery, like this, this thinking about um, who God is and where, and like where we draw our trust in these moments of disappointment. And it's so powerful. And it's like when I close my eyes, I always think about it, and it's so refreshing. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is him. Do you be like a tree planted by the water? And it's like I just think about that tree. I just think about the branches spread, the sun beating down on it, the leaves uh, green, the water, the sound of the water going through the stream, the birds chirping. They would be like the tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. And I see how sturdy the tree is. I see how rugged it is. I see when that wind blows. I see when that storm comes. And I see when, when the heat that's outside right now is beating on it. But that tree, it does not wither up. It stays strong. Its branches out, receiving. Its roots deep, drawing. I can, see, and when I when I picture it, I see the I can see the the water being sucked up and going through the going through it. And it's like in those in those years of the drought when the tree doesn't might not produce the fruit that it needs, it still has its roots. It still has its nutrients. It's not saying that the, the tree is dead, but the fruit will grow. The fr- but the tree doesn't become disappointed because in the year of drought it doesn't bear fruit. It just knows that it needs to continue to be strong. Continue to, to tap in, into those, uh, tap into the nutrient system. Just like we need to ta- we tap into the Lord and where we gain our trust and our hope. And it's like even those times of drought, even those seasons where you just, you just feel like everything is, is, is not going the way that you, you, you want it to, you're still pulling that hope. And you're still, you're still holding your hands wide and receiving. You're still prospering. In the midst of disappointment, know that God is listening and hears your cries. He will always hear you, whether you're happy, sad, heartbroken, or disappointed. He's never going to not incline his ear to you. When his, when his children cry out to him, he listens. He listens to me. He listens to you. We're no, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody special for him to want to listen to me. Even sometimes it doesn't seem like it, and it seems like, you know, when we cry out to him, there's nothing there. But he's saying, I'm listening. It's like, but I, I'm, I'm preparing. I'm preparing for you the thing that's going to, I'm preparing for you the thing that's going to override that disappointment that you feel right now.
And it's like I, and as a human being, I, I honestly don't want to hear it. I'm just being real. It's like God, but I, 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 this is what I, I had it. This is I know. This is like I ran it through the algorithms. I ran it through, you know, uh, uh, I researched and I did all this, and you know, every like like with the job, everything lined up. And they said no, but if. Like, I go back and see, like, what if I, I end up going through that and it happened in my, own, in my own strength? It's like, where would I be now? I probably wouldn't be standing here talking to you guys. I probably wouldn't be a part of this church. I probably wouldn't want to be married to Amanda. But it's like those, those doors, those acorns that were planted were those doors that I'm steadily walking through. One by one. One by one. Marriage, a wonderful church, next to house, a car that I never thought I could have. Even going back to the beginning and saying, like, walking through homelessness, walking through addiction. It says each of those acorns represent a door that God has, you know, consistently planted and allowed to grow. And it's like I think about that and it just gives me joy even now. And I can actually see it because maybe I was clouded by my own judgment of, of sorrow. But those, those, tr- those acorns are steady growing, and I'm steady opening those doors. And go- well, he's opening doors. I'm just steady walking through. It's the same with you guys. Don't just focus on that oak tree that's laying there. Even there's some good firewood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> good stuff. There's bigger things. And maybe that gives you encouragement. I don't know. Maybe this was solid. I don't know. It was more of like, like I said, it was probably more for me. But, <laughs> but I like my thing is like I like to go by the experience of my life and this experience of like you know what I'm walking through. And hopefully like, it's something that you know you guys can see is like you know oh, I've dealt with this or even you know maybe deal with this in the future. But disappointment is something that is consistent. Like I said, like I said earlier, you know, you, you don't know when it's going to happen, but it will happen. But it's like, how are we going to deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
fear, taking risk, that might lead to disappointment too. Biggest thing is like I I I want to try. I'm I'm starting to do is take more risk, righteous risk, not no, not dummy risk, because I I sometimes like them too. You know what I mean? Just like it's being being a little crazy here and there sometimes, and then uh, we're not gonna go there anyway. <laughs> but before I like I'm gonna end with this. But this is what God was showing me there. I I love music. Like music is all types of music in my life. But I I particularly like jazz. And people, some people are going to be like, ugh. But, like, you think of jazz, and you think of, like, how it's written. Everything is, is so beautiful, even the sour notes, because it leads into a greater progression. And I think about those sour notes in life. And it's like those sour notes are placed there for a reason, to lead you into a better progression, to more powerful music. And it's like when I think about jazz and, and it's like the people that play are, are happy. It's like it doesn't matter if you mess up. It's like you can run on with it. And it's like this God's saying like your, your music, your music that I'm writing. It's like I'm consistently creating this symphony, this, this, this masterpiece. It's like don't focus and, and say that these, these sour notes are something that are, are, are distasteful. But no, it's an accent. <laughs> it's like, and he was showing me and I was like that's. Blow, that blew my mind. I'm like, wow. But it's like, it's so true. We have these sour note moments in our lives, but it's like, when you hit that note, it just goes into something so beautiful and so melodic that sits there and draws you in deeper and deeper and deeper. And then the next one, and it gets deeper and deeper until you're just like in awe of all the things that have come together to create this masterpiece. And it's like you can go back and li listen to it, and it's like you don't even notice the sour note. You don't even notice when that arrives because you're so focused on the beauty of the entirety. So I say go out and write your music. Yeah. So thank you. That's all I got. Also, drink plenty of water out there. It is hot. We don't need people passing out. Stay hydrated. Stay indoors. Don't go to the fair. <laughs> it's too hot out there. But no, like I said, I, I just want to, I just really, again, I, I thank all of you for, for honestly just encouraging me, for believe. you know what, believing in me, when I just can't believe in myself. For giving me the opportunity to step out and take those righteous risks. To say, it's okay to fail, but as long as you're failing forward and you're picking yourself back up and continue to move. It's like, yeah, yeah you can feel those disappointments, but guess what? You're going to get through it. It's like, you know why? Because we're here. We're, we got you. And then I was like, it's funny because like, I, like, I can feel, it's funny when like that stuff, you know, in the, Chuck, man, I uh, just working with him has been uh, such a blessing. Seriously. And it's like I'm just surrounded. It's like how God orchestrates the people to be around me. You know, between, the, you know, the Westbrooks as well, and just people here and there from the Teen Challenge still, I'm just like, man, I am overflowed. I am beyond blessed. 
I am. I'm, 